Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome Henry Fourie, the Head of Delivery at Mint Group on this episode of What's Next, and really talking about redefining the employee experience, right? And we all know the impact that COVID has had on work from home and how it's really literally changed how we work and how we have a relationship with where our work abode is, right? And, uh, you know, you often hear about work from home, and there's some interesting research that came out, the Microsoft 2022 World Trend index report which really consists of of outlines findings from a study of 31,000 people in 31 countries along with an analysis of trillions of productivity signals in Microsoft 365 and all the different labor trends and you know interesting that 47% of respondents said that they are more likely to put family and personal life over work than they were before the pandemic, which is which is quite interesting. And we're going to break all of this down and discuss it. And also, interestingly, Henry, I saw this in the report, the, the employees worth it equation and uh, what people want from work, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot to that. So welcome to What's Next. And uh, it's great to have you with us from Mint Group. I'm interested to know because you and I find this kind of research fascinating and it's really the, 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 the pandemic has redefined so many things. But I'm really curious about that worth it equation. What is this new employee worth it equation? We all use these new different terms, but there's a lot of meat around that, right? Correct. And, and yeah, thank you, Aki, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, so, and I think you touched on it, the worth it equation is, is really what are people willing to, to provide uh, versus what they expect from work. And that has really changed substantially. You know, before people were career focused, it was all about what they want to achieve in their career. Uh, and the, I think the pandemic has forced people to reevaluate what is important to them. So to, to really have a look at prioritizing family, work-life balance, um, uh, you know, so it's, it's not purely about career anymore. So a lot of people are now, when they are looking for, for, for jobs, really looking at how can they, how can they balance their career with uh, their, their work life. So that has really become important. And, uh, you know, if, if companies don't adapt, they are gonna, they, they, they're going to suffer and, and be worse off as a consequence. Okay, now that's interesting. You know, you, you actually spot on in what you were saying. I was having this conversation with somebody that worked uh, in in the Joburg CBD, and they live in Pretoria. And pre-pandemic, they worked for one of the big banks. They would travel two hours to work and two hours back home in, in the day. So, you know, almost four hours of traveling. You know, that's the traffic. We, we forget about those traffic patterns in Joburg. So I guess that question is, is... Is it worth it? Because this person says that if the bank hadn't adapted, they wouldn't be at the bank anymore. So um, they've kind of rethought about, is it actually worth it spending all of this time in traffic when I can be a lot happier and a lot more productive doing things differently? And, and I guess that's one of the elements of this worth it equation that everyone is questioning all those kind of things, right? Yeah. Uh, and look, I mean, uh, it, it's led, led to interesting um, uh, phenomenons like semigration, people moving down to the coast because they are really yes. able to work from anywhere. Um, and those sort of things have become important to people. You know, can I, can I live at the coast, still work for a company that might be based in Johannesburg? And, and we've seen it even in our own workforce. Um, you know, our Johannesburg office has got a number of employees that actually 
are not in Gauteng. Um, you know, working from George, uh, working from the Western Cape. Um, so, so it's really sort of changed that equation. I mean, even to the point where we've, we've got one or two employees that actually live in international locations but work for our South African offices. Um, so, so it has really redefined what, what work looks like and wh what people expect from work. Absolutely fascinating. And I guess there, there's a challenge there, right? Because, you know, these organizations have got other things to balance. You know, there's, a, you know, the company culture and there's all sorts of other things. So how do we stop managers from feeling wedged between leadership and employee expectations, for example? Because that must be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, in, in the Work Trade Index, they talk about this concept called productivity paranoia. Um, uh, you know, it's where employees actually feel that they're way more productive uh, working from home, working remotely, because to your point, they don't have to do the commute. There's, there's less sort of um, wasted time in, in, in the day. And, and you can even see it in, in some of the, the Office 365 um, productivity trends where people are attending more meetings than they have ever attended before. So employees have this perception that they're much more productive than they were before. But managers now, because you can't see them, they're not in the office, you can't walk past their desk, have this almost paranoia about whether employees are actually being productive. And, and uh, you know, how do, mm. we, how, do we, how do we solve that problem? And I think the first point is give, give managers and leaders uh, access to data. Give them insights so that they can see how their employees are actually working. You know, so it's not just about are they online when I try and phone them, but how are they actually using the productivity tools? Because that's generally, you know, if you're talking about sort of your information worker, what they are using to do their day-to-day -day job, you know, be it email, be it Teams, uh, be it uh, the, the office suite of products, how are they actually using those tools and, and are they being productive? I think the other thing is, you know, with these sorts of insights, it also gives you an opportunity to start looking at what does a productive employee look like? You, you know, so you can, you can go and have a look at your best performing employees. You can see how they are using their productivity tools, how they are managing their day, what does their calendar look like, what are the activities and tasks that they do, um, and then try and mimic that across the organization. You know, and whether that be on an individual basis or whether it be your most productive teams, what do they look like? And, and you know, giving managers and leaders those sorts of insights helps with uh, uh, taking away that productivity paranoia where they can trust that their employees are in fact working and, and doing what is in the best interest of the organization. I think there's also a lot of other things you can do. I was going to uh, say, I, was gonna say I, I, I love, I love product, product paranoia. I love it. <laughs> it's a brilliant uh, word. It's so descriptive. You uh, were mentioning look, all the other things that people can do. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it is also a cultural thing. Um, you know, obviously, uh, depending on, on what generation you come from, um, you know, you, you, you either trust that your employees are productive and, and, and online and working, or, or, or you, you may not, depending on uh, 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 what generation you are. I think there are certain industries where obviously remote work, hybrid work is, is not practical. Um, you know, if you're working in a factory yeah. or a mine or something like that, then then, you know, obviously those employees need to be back in the office. But I think the other thing that's important is also that you provide employees with feed feedback mechanisms. Um, so give them an opportunity to tell you what's going on as the leadership. Mm. You know, often 
you you were able to walk past somebody's desk, ask them how it's going. You know, maybe at the coffee station, you can have a have a conversation with them. You don't have those opportunities when you're working in a hybrid or remote uh, scenario. So you've got to be very intentional about creating those opportunities in other ways. Mm. You know, and that can be both formal, so sending out employee surveys, getting feedback from your employees about you know what are the things that we as leaders and managers can do better, differently. Um, maybe things we should stop doing. But there's also informal ways that you can do that. And, uh, you know, we, we at Mint, we've got lots of check-ins that we have with staff that aren't work-related. You know, uh, uh, on a Monday morning, quick check-in with your direct reports and it can go even beyond your direct reports just to see how they're going, uh, how was their weekend. You know, try and replace some of those conversations that you would normally have in person and find opportunities to do that. I think the other important thing is also to provide employees with the opportunity to learn and, and reskill themselves. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about this great resignation, um, people reevaluating what's important to them and also what they want to do from a career perspective. So rather than them resigning from your organization and going to go work elsewhere because they want to do something different, give them the opportunity to retrain themselves and reskill themselves and, and retain them in the organization yeah. if it is in a different role. Um, and, and again, you know, technology can help there. There's a lot of things Microsoft has, has, has uh, brought out uh, specifically around Viva, their, their employee experience platform, and lots of different modules that speak to, to some of the things that we've, uh, we've identified now uh, as challenges in, in this hybrid world. Mm. Well, you know, Henry, it's amazing how, um, you know, the 365 suite of, of tools has evolved. I mean, even since the start of COVID, I'm just thinking about all the additional new features that have come to Teams. It's been, it's been a, a curve like this. When you look at how Teams has evolved into it being more interactive, the kinds of things that you can do. Um, and it's, I'm just enjoying this conversation because it really uh, resonates with me on so many different ways. And it's been an interesting journey to watch how organizations, you know, tap into this, the great resignation, you know, where's the balance? And, and my next question is, you know, how, how can leaders make the office worth the commute? And, and I was talking mm -hmm. to some people about this the other day, and they were saying, you know, simple things like a great canteen amazing coffee for example or, or or a gym you know things like that people are willing to travel to the office uh, and just get out the house because it does get a little bit claustrophobic being a, at the same place every day without having that you know that interaction with people i don't know what are your thoughts on that uh, absolutely it can get lonely uh, i mean uh, we are social beings by our very nature so we we do crave uh, human interaction and i think the thing that that has come out certainly in the work trend index is that people aren't going to the office for those traditional things that you spoke about. They're going to the office to see each other, oh. they're there to socialize. So I think the important thing there is make sure that you create those opportunities then that people can socialize. That it's not all about working when you're at the office, that it's about building those social bonds, you know, rebuilding that social capital that we've we've lost uh, as, as a result of remote work. So, um, you know, we spoke about creating check-ins, but it's also not necessarily about going into the office. You know, you can create these check-ins with people where, you know, maybe I live in Pretoria and the office is in Johannesburg, but some of my colleagues also live in Pretoria, go for a coffee. 
you know, have a, have, a, have a check in with them so that you can build that social capital. Because for as much as you, 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 you know, I'm a firm believer in that you get nothing in life for free. So there's certainly benefits to being online. There's productivity gains that you can get because you're not wasting time in the commute. But you're also losing a lot. You, you know, you're losing that, that mm. interaction with people. Um, so, so you need to, to encourage that. Um, uh, you know, obviously harder in a remote work where the person isn't even in the same province as, as you are. But again, there's technology that can help with that. I think the other important thing is make sure because, uh, you know, the reality is we're going to work in a hybrid scenario. Uh, uh, I don't think we're ever going to go back to completely in the office is make sure that the experience when I'm in the office is the same as the experience when I'm online. So whether I'm online or in the office, I should be able to engage equally with everybody in the room. So, uh, you know, and, and again, there's some very amazing technology that's come out, you know, Microsoft Teams rooms um, that can, you know, almost bring, bring the people in the room to the online audience and vice versa. Um, there's some new uh, hardware that was just announced uh, at, at Ignite, you know, being able to, to even you know, having 360 cameras on the desk in, in, in the boardroom and having everybody that is in the office with the same block as, as the people that are, are, are online on, on a Teams call. So there's amazing things that you can do to make sure that that experience is the same. But it also requires us to rethink the layout of our boardrooms, you know, make them online friendly. You know, so uh, uh, maybe depending on the purpose of the boardroom, so I think that's also very important, is is this a collaboration room where we want to have a whiteboard and maybe we've got fancy things like whiteboard cameras so that the people that are online can see the, the, the writing uh, uh, as the people in, in the, the, the boardroom are, are conducting the meeting? Um, or, or is it a... a, a a boardroom where maybe you're now changing the layout of the room where everybody's facing the front screen because it's really about interacting with people in online, um, you know, be it people in a different uh, location. Um, so, so those sorts of things, you know, a boardroom is not a boardroom anymore. You've got to think about those sorts of things mm. and how do you make it easy for anyone, regardless of where you are, to, to interact. I think the other thing that's also yes. important is, is to create opportunities for people to interact beyond just their immediate team. If I think about my team, I mean, I'm probably on five calls per day with the people that report directly into me or that work directly with me. Um, so, so those are not the people that, you, you know, I, I need to necessarily build social capital with. But it's the other people that work in maybe a completely different department to mine that I won't get an opportunity to interact with. So create those opportunities when I do go into the office to meet other people as well, um, uh, you know, and, and ensure that we've got that connection with, with the, 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 the business and the culture uh, within the organization. Mm. Yeah, and I think that connection is so important, you know, to get the maximum out of people. Uh, it, it's, it's simply not healthy just to be online. I mean, to be virtual all the time, you know, that human connection is absolutely necessary. Now, I, I recall back to the early days of the pandemic where people were on these calls for some people, I'm not joking, like 18 hours a day on virtual calls. And it really got out of hand. And then it, it kind of, 
that was in April last year, and then it's kind of tapered down a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know the borders were redefined. And the, my question is that does flexible work have to mean always on? Because you do get some organisations that you hear of people that are on a call at seven o'clock at night, for example. And I think that there needs to be a balance. There needs to be some kind of a boundary around this, um, and that flexible work doesn't get abused. So, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Absolutely. Look, and, and, and this is both a technology challenge and a culture challenge, because I think, uh, you know, technology can help. And, and certainly, you know, Microsoft brought out lots of great things. You can set focus time. You can mute notifications after hours. You can make sure that when you send an email, it only goes out during work hours, you know, so, it's, you know, people don't get that ping on their, their cell phone and, and this perception that you have to be on the whole time. But it's also a cultural thing, you know, and I think this is where leaders and managers and organizations have a very important role to play because we need to set the example. We need to show that it is okay to check out. It's okay to schedule focus time in my diary where I'm not available. Mm. And, and, and because we're now flexible in terms of when we work and how we work and where we work, to also show that it's okay to schedule some personal time in the middle of the day. And, and uh, you know, we, within Mint, we, we firmly believe that when we schedule something in our diary, we don't mark anything as private. You know, if it is, I've got to go through and pay a, pay a bill at the city of Joburg or whatever I need to do, I mark that in my diary and it's there for everybody to see. If I've got a, a golf game in, in, in the morning, it's there for everybody to see because we want to show that that is okay. We understand that you're a, a, a human being and that you know uh, work-life balance is important. So set the example as, as the managers and leaders of organizations that those sorts of things are okay. And you know what we found is that to your point in the beginning, everybody wasn't sure what was going on and you were working late hours and you were always connected and you were responding to emails at 11 o'clock at night. Those are also personal boundaries that you need to set. Um, so, so it's also to, to force people to sort of set those personal boundaries, to not be online the whole time, to maybe get up for half an hour or an hour and go and sit down and have lunch um, where you are not connected. Um, so so it's, it's those sort of cultural changes that you also need to introduce as much as technology can help with that. But without the cultural change, yes. you know, the technology is, is, is pointless. Okay, no, those are, those are excellent points, and I love the, the the transparency is important. You know, if you need to do something, it's okay. If you need to re- renew your driver's license, you know, two days out of your schedule, that's I'm kidding. It's actually it's actually got a lot better with those kind of things, you know. But those are things that are part of your life. You know, you need a new passport, you need a new ID, for example. You've got to go out and do it at some point. You know, uh, what a fascinating conversation, Henry, and. Um, you know, it, it's sparking a lot of thoughts in my mind. Um, and it's a process, right? So I guess we need to be asking the question as organizations, as business leaders, how do we rebuild that, that social capital that you talk about in a hybrid remote work world? Because it's certainly not going away. We've got to build on it and we've got to make it work. So how do we do it? Absolutely. Look, uh, I think we need to focus on on the employee experience. You know, how do they show up for work? How do they get their work done? How can we make it easier for them to get their work done? I think, um, you know, we've got an opportunity to provide 
forums for employees to uh, socialize, to connect with one, each, one another. Um, and again, there's technology that can help with that, you know, where if you, there are particular interest groups within the organization. And it doesn't, again, have to be strictly speaking work related, but we can provide those sorts of things. Um, I think we spoke previously about sort of check in calls. Um, Mm. And you can get creative around those sorts of things as well. You know, if you schedule a meeting, maybe the first five minutes or the last five minutes of the meeting is for us to socialize, to just catch up with one another, whereas the bulk of the, the time can then be for the, the work-related thing. So find ways to, to, to sort of make up for the things that we've lost or that, that we are missing when we're in a hybrid uh, world. Because, I mean, when you were in the office, before the meeting starts, people would chat to each other and catch up and, and so find other ways of doing that when, when people are, are, are online. There's also small things that you can do. Um, you know, for, for us, whenever we have meetings, we tend to put our cameras on. You know, it's important to mm. see people. It's important to be present. Um, you, you know, too, too often people are in meetings, but they're busy browsing the internet and answering emails and doing those sorts of things. So I think, you know, by having your camera on, obviously that helps um, uh, to, to, to show that you are engaged and that you are listening. But even if you can't have your camera on the whole time, when it's your turn to speak, put your camera on. Because, you, you know, we, 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 tend to, we tend to want to pick up on nonverbal cues and you're not going to pick up on that if your camera isn't on. Um, you know, uh, look people in the eye. I know it's a little bit different when you're uh, when you're on an online meeting, but those things are important, and that builds social capital. Um, uh, I think we we spoke about sort of the, the the communities again. You know, we talk around how far Microsoft's Office 365 platform has come. If you have a look at the modules that have come out in in, in the Viva. In, what they call the employee experience platform. You've got things like Viva Engage, you've got Viva Goals, you've got all of those sorts of things that, that, that have come out to help drive connection. Um, make sure that you feel part of the organization, that you feel part of the culture of the, the, the organization. So really leverage technology as far as we can, but there's also no substitute for an in-person meeting every now and again. Awesome stuff. Redefining the employee experience. Uh, some real uh, golden nuggets coming through there. Henry Faree, the head of delivery at Mint Group. Thank you for joining us on What's Next and sharing all of these things. And oh, and don't forget about the inverters, right? Uh, I think they make a big difference to productivity because, uh, you know, it's a small thing, right? But how many organizations have sent their employees like inverters and there's that continuity as well throughout the work experience. So it's all those little nuances. But uh, such such great advice, Henry. And thank you for joining us on What's Next. Thank you very much, Aki. I, I really enjoyed the chat.